Please tell me it was him. Keep it in. Hello and welcome to Love Bites. I'm Sydney Hampton. And I'm Gilda Wabbit. And today we are going to be talking about ending relationships and can you be friends with your exes. And also having a partner who's more outgoing than you and feeling the sort of like imbalance in the relationship that that can create. Yeah. And um, finding finding ways to make friends when sometimes building connections is tough for you due to reasons that you cannot help. Absolutely. Um, Sydney, before we get into the questions, how are you today? I'm doing stunning. I have um, a lot of cool things happening in life right now. Slay 2 is a hit. and Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. I got a lot of really great feedback, and the podcast has been getting great feedback. Thank you all so much for listening. Yes, thank you. Um, don't forget to review and hit that follow button on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. I know. I have to subscribe to our own podcast. Oh, just, I did Just to, thing. like, give myself the little notification. Uh-huh, yeah, and it felt, it felt good. Ding. Um So, yeah, and a uh, uh, special shout-out to May. May, your descriptions. Uh, May is our producer. Um, your descriptions and episode titles I've gotten compliments on. And Iconic. I always like to say, uh, that's at might be May. Um, and I think uh, a, a girl at the bar started following you because I talked about you. Oh. It's you gonna that. be May. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm looking forward. I've got a lot of things in the works. I'm going to be working with Queer Kentucky more. Good job. Um, I'm trying to refocus my life now that Slay is over. Um, I had... To like prepare, can I tell you a story about Slay? Sure. Too? So you know, you know, you know me very well. You know what that was yes. about. Um, by the time, so I, I planned all of that when I was like in a really dark, angry place. I was watching First Wives Club like twice a week. Yeah. I was throwing chocolates at the TV, just like Elle Woods and Legally Blonde. I was angry and bitter and just in pain. Um, recently. We got to see kind of like the culmination of me like trying to come to terms with some things, which was explosive, not by us, but it wasn't by it we were having a great little conversation. Great conversation. But it was there was so much there's been so much energy put into all of the stuff that I've been going through. Yeah. And I've been getting sick of it. And I've been trying to do my thing and heal and move on. And it's been really tough. And there are things that I can't help that are going to to happen around me that I'm not ready to be over yeah. or to to be, I'm never, I'm not ready for them right now, but I feel myself getting to a better place every day. That's great. Slay comes around and I had obviously a lot of emotion leading up to that. Yeah. By the time Slay came around, most of it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. And I was up there and I was talking and, you know, sharing my, like, um, my, uh, Make some noise if you hate your ex or make some noise if a man's ever broken your heart or whatever. If I had done that show a month, two, two months ago, three months ago, that would have been so loaded and yeah. like pouring out of my chest. Heavy in the air. Heavy in the air. By the time I got there, those things are still true. Fuck yeah. men. But also, like, I had trouble connecting with the anger. Yeah. I feel like I actually got it all out the Sunday before. That's great. Doing You Ought to Know. And I was like... Am I healed? Yeah. And I had been gone for, for weeks. Drag is healing. Drag really is healing. That's like, like, and I, I, 
I like got so much of this out of my chest and out of my spirit and like let the venom out and I feel significantly better. And the whole time at Slay, I was expecting like a lot of pain and it wasn't painful. Good job. Bitch, I think I'm I think I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. And like my life is my life is going like great and I'm actually able to like see it now. Like all this time you and I have talked a lot about like focus on like look at how great this is going and this is going. And I'm like, I know. I know that in my head, but in my heart, all I can think is why didn't this thing that mattered the most to me work out? Why am I unlovable or why am I not good enough? Or why can't I be this other thing that someone needs? I can't change that. Right. But what I can change is where I make my motherfucking money. And focusing on that has been really tough and also healing for me over the months. And anyway, it all culminated with Slay. As that's happening, I'm getting more opportunity and I'm getting more comfortable in my own voice and like my place in the community. I wanted to move. Like we, I talked to you about it like a couple of weeks ago. It's like, I just kind of want to leave. I don't feel, I don't feel welcome here. I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel like I can ever move on. And I still think I might move, Yeah, you know, but I don't need to like run yeah, away even from if, something. Even if the community loves you, the legislature hates you. So, so true. Yeah. And if, um, if, if that comes to, comes to pass, um, if we lose our jobs, we won't have the means to make money. God forbid. And I will not work at Humana. So I will sell my house and I will fucking move. Yeah. I guess I'm going to, I guess I'm going to become a barista again. I absolutely will not be doing that. I, I like will... coffee shops. I will go have, I will move to Florida, get tits, and learn how to do a split. Wait, Florida has the legislation too. Yeah. Go to Texas. Just kidding. Go to California. I'm about to say Texas, I think, probably has it too. Yeah. Fuck. (sighs) Anyway, with all that said, love and light, we are growing and healing as adults, and let's get to our questions after this ad break. Mwah. The Derby Drag Musical returns for a third year. What am I talking about? Alice in Derbyland, of course. Churchill Downs Magazine says Alice in Derbyland celebrates all things Kentucky. If you want silly, child-friendly drag in your life, come see Alice in Derbyland. Produced by Leo Weekly's Reader's Choice Best Performing Arts Group and Best Theater Production Company, Drag Daddy Productions. You can get tickets now on DragDaddy.pro. That's DragDaddy.pro. And the two dates are April 16th at Paris Town and April 21st at Art Sanctuary. That's Alice in Derbyland. Okay. Question one. I, 22M, have been struggling with getting outside of acquaintance relationships. My partner, 30M, is really spectacular at making friends, romantic partners, and relationships. He's been in the community a little longer than me, but I can't help but get insecure that I am too closed off and or not desirable enough. He's extremely encouraging and very kind, but I struggle with reading social cues and approaching people who I'd like to make a friendship or go on a date with. Autism and past trauma make it a constant mind game on understanding others too. How do I accept that he is more than happy with me reaching out, and how do I actually do it? How do I not be a partial alien in the community? Sent from my iPhone. Um, okay. So Woof, this is a really tough question. It is. So I read this and <laughs> I wanted to immediately give this person a hug. Yeah. Like a big bear hug. Um, because as a person who puts on a wig and a gown and goes out and performs in front of people, um, 
I look like someone who is probably very social and like down to party, but the reality of it all is I can't wait to get back in my bed and be by myself. Or be around people that I am comfortable with. Being yes. in, going onto the patio on a Friday or Saturday night to have my little, my cute little cigarette, um, is sometimes so socially overwhelming that I lie and say I think I'm next so that I can go backstage, sit down in a chair, or lean against a wall if I can't sit in my costume, and just breathe for a minute so that I can prepare myself to go out there and perform being an extrovert for three minutes and 45 seconds or until Dolly Parton's done singing. Yeah. Like... I get so exhausted in every social situation. That's why, That's why. like we talked earlier, I will go to the patio at Big Bar and I will not leave that spot. If I have to go to the bathroom, someone has to come with me because I'm anxious. I'm socially awkward. Walking by all of those gays terrifies me. Going to an airport is the scariest experience in the world for me because there's too many fucking people. I get overwhelmed as fuck. So... With that said, um, I used to be really bad at introducing myself to people. I felt really small. And this didn't change until, um, honestly, until I started coming back to play and met you. Yeah. Um, I kind of had like a transformative experience because I wasn't made to feel small anymore. But I wish that I could say that I made myself not feel small. So I'm not sure if I can really give super great advice on how you cannot feel small and like you can feel like confident in approaching people but um you know whatever your interests are maybe try to find people with similar interests um and reaching out and um going to uh events like i mean i don't have a lot of time to do a lot of those kinds of things but if i if i wasn't working so much i would go to um, I'm going to out myself as a fish nerd. I would go to, like, the Tropical Fish Fanciers Club in Louisville and meet people who are really into, like, fish keeping and aquaponics and things like that. I might go to um, Super Smash Brothers tournaments so that I can play those and meet a bunch of nerds who are really, really enthusiastic about something that I'm really enthusiastic about, going to Pokemon tournaments. Because, again, people would be really enthusiastic. I can make I can make friends in circles um, within the hobbies that I like. So it's less awkward because I automatically know they're going to know what I'm talking about. Right. I'm going to say, hey, what about them Corydoras? That's a type of catfish. And they're going to go, oh, I love Corydoras. Immediately there's a connection. So maybe try something like that, whatever your Which hobby is. Which Alolan form is your favorite? Yeah, very that. And I could obviously say executor because he's a tall boy. Yes. And I love tall boys. Um, I have an example I have a pair of friends who are they're they're monogamous, which it looks it sounds like in your question is not exactly how your relationship is set up. But one of them is very, very social. He works in media and entertainment, and the other one is not social. Um and essentially what has happened over their long relationship together is that the one who is not social has learned that it's okay for him to not be particularly social and it's okay for him to stay at home and to have less friendships and less relationships and less outings than his other partner has and that there is a security they've built between each other where they know what their relationship will look like and they know 
that they'll always be coming home to each other. But the the person who is much more social, he goes out all the time. He has so many activities he does. He's like, I see him constantly and I see his other partner, who's also my friend, mm-hmm. way less often. Um, and so I also want to say to you, I understand um, that you can feel insecure. And also you spoke to the uh, not feeling desirable enough. But if you are a person who, because of, as you said, your autism and your past trauma, prefers less social gatherings, prefers um, a small group of people you know very well as opposed to like a large group of people you know sort of well, that sort of thing, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to have different social needs than your partner, and it's okay to have different social wants than your partner. Um, And I think sometimes when we feel awkward or uncomfortable in situations and we end up spending t- more time alone, we can feel ashamed about that. Yeah. But like if there's a balance between like pushing yourself to be more social, if you feel like you need more social interaction and also allowing yourself to be more quiet and be more of a homebody, if that is where you feel comfortable, I think there can be conflict if you're asking your partner to be somebody different than they are. Um, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like that's happening that, yeah, yeah it's, and it sounds like your partner is also not necessarily asking you to be more sociable if yeah. that's they're just trying to encourage you if because you're asking um, but I would also say so to speak to the idea of like how do I get out there more how do I get more comfortable um, start being nice to yourself well in advance yeah start saying to yourself today as if you're listening of this in the mirror, like, I'm a nice person. People like being around me. I like myself. Start saying it now. Don't wait until you're already out in public. Don't wait until you're, don't wait until you've had a rough, awkward conversation in public and then you're trying to be nice to yourself and your internal voices are screaming at you. Start being nice to yourself now. And it, the I, I truly think the more, and listen, I'm saying this like it's the right advice because I think it's the right advice and it's not advice that I'm good at taking myself. Mm-hmm. But like, I truly think if I could sit myself down in the mirror and be nice to myself in private every day, it would make feeling more confident and having more ease in social situations even easier when those situations come up because I'm in the practice of being kind to myself and hyping myself up as opposed to waiting until I have to like combat the negative voices. Yeah. Is that clear? Did I say that in a clear way? Oh, absolutely. I agree. I, I, I literally convinced myself that I was hot. Yeah. Like, by doing that, like looking at myself in the mirror and find and and I can I can easily pick out like forty five things that I don't like about myself, but I'm not focused on this. I'm not worried right. about my left nipple. I'm gonna look at my jawline or um, like my brow bone or my clavicle or my belly button. I'm gonna be like, "Fierce bitch, you slay. You're so hot." Then I'm going to seek validation from random strangers on Twitter. Is that healthy? I don't know. I don't care because it works. <laughs> But you can like, like I I I can say with confidence that if you want to be social, maybe you're just having trouble knowing how to do that because you've got past trauma and you're like dealing with what most autistic people deal with, which is like um, trouble maybe like picking up on things that seem to come naturally to others. You can also like forgive yourself. For not being, you know, what's the word? Um, 
for you, you can forgive yourself for being neuroatypical in yeah. a world that prizes being neurotypical. That's not your fault. Yeah. It's and just not. People who meet you and know that about you are probably going to be like understanding and even helpful and helping you kind of like, like might take extra care to make things more clear to you. Um, because if you share like, you know, I'm neurotypical and, or neuroatypical and I struggle with this, they might hear that and say, oh, okay. And then in future conversations, like try to make sure that they're creating a space where um, they communicate with you a little bit more intentionally. Um, I know I do that for so, several of my friends, you know, drag queens. <clears throat> I don't want to make a hot take, but most drag queens that I know are, uh, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty in the spectrum, like typically. Yeah. Lots of high, high functioning, high functioning, high functioning autists. Yes. Uh, so I think that if you're, if you, if you want to like go out and be social and you want to make these, these connections and these relationships, um, you absolutely can do so. And I think that if you approach people with kindness and you go out there and you just be yourself, and it sounds so cliche, if you go out there and you be yourself and, and, and you're genuine, people are going to pick up on that and they're going to, they're going to love you for you and you can build something beautiful and great out of that. You know, who knows what it'll look like, but, um, I'm looking forward to you finding that out. I know. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, and if you ever need to talk, um, you know the doll's Insta handles. At Gilda Wabbit. And at the Sydney Hampton. Um, Gil? Let's do an ad break. Yeah. And we're back with question two of today's episode. It reads as thus. I need to find a new way to say, to introduce the question. I was like, it reads as such, it reads as thus. And it goes a little something like this. <laughs> Let's uh. go, girls. <laughs> <clears throat> Question two. I've never been good at ending relationships, even ones that seem mutual or like they've just fizzled out, usually end with me never talking to the person again. Most of the time, we are able to end on good terms, but I never know how much space and time to give someone before they're ready to talk again. I always either don't give enough time for them to recover or they end up and they end up unable to move on, or I wait until it's been too long and they've built up resentment over my not reaching out. I don't have any beef with any of the exes, and I genuinely miss having some of them in my life as friends. How do you know how much time to give a person before you talk to them again? Is it even possible to have healthy friendships with past romantic partners? I know, intellectually, that it is possible to have healthy friendships with past Romantic partners. I love that you always try to approach everything intellectually first. And right. then you're going to go around and you're going to say, but we are human. Right. Literally. <laughs> but, like, I don't have healthy relationships with any of my exes. And, frankly, I don't want to. Um, I, I, I... You've had some... You've had a lot of <laughs> Some rough, doozies. You've had some doozies, Doozies, though. mama. Um, but, like... I So here are a couple of things you talked about. One, you feel like you didn't give them enough space. Or two, you gave them too much space and they were mad. If you gave them too much space and they were mad, then the ball's also in their court. Yeah, they absolutely. could have reached out to you when, when they, they wanted ready. to. Right, yeah. when they were ready. Yeah. Um, and also, if you didn't give them, quote unquote, enough space, that's not your fault. Like, this is the complicated nature of being human beings mm-hmm. is like, there's no formula. I, I, I think especially in this like sort of hyper online world 
People are always trying to find the formula to be the most healthy or the most ethical or the most compassionate or to cause the least harm. And like, that's really good to like aim at. And also none of us can be perfect at it. It is impossible. We are not little robots. And even the robots we create in the world are created with the biases that we have as humans. So they're not perfect. Um, Looking at you, Megan. Right. Literally. So like, I want to say to you, I'm really sorry that your relationships have ended in a way where you're not talking to your exes and that you miss them. And also, you can forgive yourself for that and sit with the pain of that loss and be okay with being not okay about that loss. You know what I mean? Like, I think think there's a lot of space for us to, as a society, build more room for grief and Mm -hmm. sadness and the feeling and pain of loss in general. I think we, we live in a world, especially because it's influenced by capitalism, where we're like, move on, get over it, be happy, blah, 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 as opposed to being like, yeah, it really sucks. And that can be deep and long lasting. And it can be really a bummer to not have that person in your life. And also because of the way things ended, you or that person or together mutually may decide not to be with each other anyway yeah um yeah so i'm sorry that's really tough and also um there's not a clear-cut answer to your question no there's really not there's no like if i like trying to i read over these questions this morning and how do you know how much time to give a person before you talk to them again you don't the reality is is it's going to be different for every single relationship every single relationship is going to be different um when i asked my husband for a divorce. We were still living together. And I moved out to give him space. Um, but I still had to see him and wanted to see him, truthfully, because he's my be- he's like my best friend. Um, but it was very complicated because I had just asked him for a divorce. So I tried to give him space to grieve and to feel what he needed to feel and kind of have a life without me for the first time and his adulthood, you know, like come into yourself. And the whole time I was encouraging him, we were still very much so communicating. And I would encourage him to, you know, when you're ready, go on a date. Try it out. You're scared. Yes, it makes sense. You haven't dated before. I was your first. Like, go. Experience. But if you're... When you break up with someone, ideally, you will still be able to communicate. Most of the time we have things left over at people's homes. You know, I'm, I might have your hat or your toboggan and you might have a couple of my sweaters um, or my Madonna Ray of Light album um, or a ghost face mask hanging up on your wall. Ideally, you can have conversations where you're saying, I need space and I need to, I don't want to, I don't want this. I don't want that. Um, I care about you. I miss you, but I don't want to see you right now. Or, you know, Maybe we can have, maybe we can like schedule like a lunch in a couple of months. Like just one of us will reach out and we can have a lunch just to talk and like reconnect on some level and like just check in. And it's also okay to not do any of those things, just to get your shit and part ways. And sometimes it's okay for you to think you want one thing and then you not to have that thing. That's also okay. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's fine to try and have like a, uh, as as Gilda put it, like a robotic, um, fully formulated 
um, map of what's going to happen, but we're all human and we're very emotional, some of us more than others. And that's going to cause like additional conflict post breakup. This shit's not easy. And it's not, I don't think you should put it all on you that these things haven't worked out because it takes two to tango. And if someone's not expressing what they want yep. from you, yep. that's on them. It doesn't make them a bad person necessarily. It doesn't make you a bad person. You just, you know, we're human and we all fuck up and we don't always have the answers and that's okay. And I guess you can just try to like give grace where grace is due and hopefully things will work out and you can be friends. And then if not, then... You know, you win some, you lose some. Hearts get broken on the way. And it's just the way that it is. Yeah. Does that make... That's... Yeah, absolutely. I just went through this. So, I've been avoiding this question since episode one. I've literally been like... <laughs> it was in our first thing, and I was like... Uh-uh. Not doing that, not doing that. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really tough. Um, And I think it's really... I want to say I think it's really great that you're asking this question. Like, you're you're trying to... You're saying, like... I cannot control my exes, but I would like them to be back in my life. What can I do? Yeah. Like, that's a really lovely thing to do for someone. That's a really lovely way to give grace and say, like, what can I change Mm -hmm. to, like, help move the needle in the direction that I want? But unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work out. And, like, that just is what it is sometimes. Yeah. Nothing matters, which means everything matters, which also means you can decide what matters. Mm -hmm. And other people can decide for you what matters. Right. Say la vie. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> empty platitude, empty platitude. No, but like, yeah. I'm I, All I have to say is I'm sorry. That sucks. It does suck. And to, to answer your last question, um, is it even possible to have healthy relationships with past romantic partners? Absolutely. Not for everyone, maybe. Maybe maybe not for you. Maybe not for the people like somebody that you've seen. Um, but I've been able to continue and actually strengthen my bond with my ex-husband. We are not romantically involved in any capacity. He's got a new boyfriend. I've had seven. And... (laughs) Work, bitch! Slay! (laughs) And I've, like, learned a lot about myself um, over the year. He's learned so much about himself over the year. We literally split up in December of 2021. 22? What's 2022. It's 2023 now. No, 2021. 2021. And I was... Like, my life was on a fucking rocket ship to a different a different place in so many ways like career relationship wise self self healing um and he's been able to be with me every step of the way you know in the beginning things are rough and rocky you know divorce is tough but he's still in my corner i'm still in his we talk all the time um he helps me get my appointments at the place that he works so that i can go to the doctor and get my sti testing and then if i don't hear back i can say hey do i have chlamydia and he's like no and i'm like slay um. Yeah, you can absolutely have great relationships with exes. Right. Or alternatively, you can end up like me, where with both my ex-husband and... Well, actually, three stories. My ex-husband and I got divorced. I thought things were going to go really, really well. Um, And then amidst the divorce proceedings... um he did some things that I didn't really like and like took some money from people that were not me that I didn't really like that I was involved with. And 
Um, when I tried to talk to him about that because we were still being friendly, he like blew up at me. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, this is not going to be a friendly X thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I also, my, one of my most recent, I was like in a throuple and like one of the people in that throuple, they like, we broke up and they like spent like an hour, like apologizing to me and told me like, here are all the things that I reflected on. And like, I'm so sorry. And I still want to be your friend. But like, we probably shouldn't see each other for a long time. And I was like, great, that all makes perfect sense. And I was really excited because it felt like the conversation I wanted to have, the growth that I was looking for, um, this person needed a lot of care in their life. And I was really happy to provide it as long as they were returning care to me. Um, And then even though they said we shouldn't see each other for a long time, they were like, hey, by the way, I'm moving back into the house in November. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I can't live with you. Um, And then it became a whole blow up crazy fight. Yeah. Um, And I was really shocked because I was like, three weeks ago, you said you didn't want to see me for a long time because this was going to be a hard breakup. And I agreed with you. And now you're taking all of that back. And so... I eventually said to them, and this is like longer and I'm not trying to blow them up. It like was a yeah. lot more complicated, but I eventually, sure I eventually said to them, I was like, I'm not going to talk to you at all. Yeah. And I have now blocked them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the only contact they currently have with me. No, I think I even blocked them on my email because I was tired of getting emails that were like, Hey, why won't you talk to me? And I was like, I told you very clearly. Yeah. That you I set a boundary. Uh huh. And it wasn't listened to. And it wasn't listened to. Yeah. Call back to episode five. But I did have. In that thruple, one of my partners in that thruple is now still my best friend, and we live together. Um, And I think part of it was because of the reason we broke up. Like, when I started transitioning, he was like, hey, like, I'm really into boys, and I'm not really into girls, and I think this is going to be hard for me. And, like, some of my friends heard that, and they were like, fuck that man. But I was like, no, No. he's He's not. He's a gay man. He's not bisexual. He's not straight. He's into boys. Like, like. I'm also into boys. like, And it hurt him to do that. Yeah, it did. It did. It, it was very clear. Yeah. But, like, he is now my best friend. Mm-hmm. And we, like, refer to each other as, like, platonic life partners. And, like, I was talking to Sydney earlier about, like, you know, I'm looking into possibly immigrating out of the country. And I've said to everyone and to him when I've talked about it, like, I will not do it without Brendan. I will not. Ooh, I'm getting emotional. Just because, like... And, like, part of what made that be able to happen is we formed a really good, genuinely caring and honest relationship within our romantic partnership. And when we decided to... Essentially, what we did is we just, like, removed the sexual aspect from the relationship. Um, But we still continued to care for each other. And we still continued to love each other. And, like, I think that's, like, a, a cool thing that queer people can do is, like, you can have romance in a friendship. You guys are... You guys are Will and Grace. We're very well in grace. You guys are well it's in grace. It's very well in grace. It's it's going to be well in grace until I get him to microdose E and then he joins ah! me um, <laughs> over in, over in Trinity land. Um, I love that. But like, I think unfortunately sometimes when breakups happen and it goes really poorly, it yeah. speaks to the unhealthiness of the relationship as was going on. And so there are many things that you may want to continue from that relationship, but if it cannot coalesce healthily after the end of the romantic part of the relationship Mm. then like there were deeper issues that you 
that are coming to light that like it's okay to say you know what I loved this person I wish them well and I will let them go or if you have resentment um, you can also say I really hope that person finds happiness but I hope I never learn about it yep <laughs> it is absolutely okay to say that I say it to myself every day <laughs> um, thank you so much for your question it was lovely yeah and thank you all so much for listening um, once again I'm going to remind you all uh, that was our second question right that was slay um, I don't always know where I am. I'm Slay three, in. rave grave. Ah, yes. There are going to be... So, May, uh, don't have a definite date yet. We are hoping for Memorial Day weekend. Um, Slay three, uh, grave rave is going to be coming to play Louisville. Um, and the theme is grave rave. So, think ravers, uh, undead ravers. Think horror and rave culture. Marry the two. Very vague. I want it to be vague. Come out. Be queer. Cemetery ceremony. Very that. Yeah. We're going to have the promo for it. I think it's going to be really fucking lit. I hope you guys look forward to it. Um, And then the actual party, um, I'm going to switch some things up. So if you've ever been to a sleigh before, um, I hope that the changes are well received. The feedback that I got back for both sleighs has been consistently very positive. So they're great shows. They're great events. So, so much, so much, so much to talk about. I can't wait to get to have a production meeting about it because... I'm very much so looking forward to having one that's not emotionally charged. So, with that said, Grave Rave, get your costumes together. The 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 the, the costume prizes um, are are money, dollars, dinero, cash. Um, so get it together. Come out, have a great time, dance, party, sweat with us, watch exquisite drag and possibly theater or live bands. I haven't decided yet. Um, yeah, Gil, do you have anything to plug? Um, only my butthole. Slay. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for Love Bites. Mwah. Bye.